1: We are at it again we are trying to win the big prizes over at the ffpc and we are joined by a guest on today's show but you are as always ready for myself colin kelly i'm joined by sean siegel and we're joined here by david Philippi as well and we are excited to be drafting from the fifth spot in the ffpc 125 dollars contest sean we say this every time we came second in this contest a couple of years ago with blair andrews we did draft recently with blair we're going to have another team here. We want to make sure that we win it this year. So we are going to jump in here
2: with David. How are you, Sean, as we get ready to kick off this draft? Good, good. And I'm excited that we have David with us. Uh, he and I have been chatting a little bit about some work he may do for the site. And so that is always fun. I haven't done the best job of necessarily releasing these names. But I did pick two winners of the review contest. And those were Chandler and the Achievers gonna mean drafting fantasy pros leagues with them over the next week so that's very exciting have a chance to win the one million dollars there there's going to be a little bit of overlay in that tournament probably and so i encourage everybody to jump in if you want a little bit easier path to the one million dollars than you might have been expecting now you're going to to draft an awfully good team either way so make sure you go out and have fun and do that but we're going to be doing those teams but the response was so overwhelming and i appreciated the reviews so much that i wanted to include additional people so i drew three additional names one of which was david and so he's going to draft with us today in the best ball tournament 125 dollar entry column what is the grand prize today here
1: 200 thousand is what we are aiming for sean we are going to try and settle for that so we'll see how we get on but david i believe as well also top 100 finish over in the, the bbms over at underdog so we have uh, somebody here who's going to help us along to push us over that line How are you feeling you mentioned a moment ago a little bit nervous but i said you're drafting with sean siegel so don't be nervous but david is worried that sean will let the clock run out here on these draft picks
3: (laughs) well so i haven't been in any of the ffpc best balls this summer so that's kind of what i'm looking at right now is the difference because underdog adp is so drilled into my head and seeing something like joe mixon at 30 you know um it takes a you know it, it, takes, it takes a minute, a minute, to, minute to gather adjust.
1: yourself after that yeah yeah um uh, the, the advantage of that though maybe sean for us in this draft i know we've been drafting it underdog as well but it does get you in that mindset of where the differences in value could be on certain players and you know how adp is different on, on certain sites i know there's different scoring settings but that will be interesting but let's jump into the draft board we will reveal a spoiler we did have the fifth pick we already made that fifth pick that was Tyreek Hill, the draft starting off. Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey. We had talked a little bit before the draft about it being between Helen McCaffrey and hoping that one of them makes us to us. Obviously, we would previously have had Cooper Cup in that kind of range. For people who did hear the draft that we did along with Blair Andrews, we did take um, Garrett Wilson over Cooper Cup. Maybe a controversial decision. was yeah yeah before he, well, before was, he
2: was re-injured <laughs> yeah
1: so it was a maybe a controversial decision at the time but may have worked out so we are two picks away but since we selected Eckler goes off the board Robinson Diggs Lamb Chubb Brown St. Brown Garrett Wilson Devontae Adams Cooper Cup Barkley Pollard Henry so there's a balance here it's quite a run there of, uh I was wondering what we were going to do if Mark Andrews got to so Mark Andrews does go off the board so we are up here we're going to Talk to you first, Dave. Have you any preferences of potential picks here at this
3: spot? Well, I'm fine with Waddle, too. I know Sean loves taking him. I don't know if I've heard you guys do both of them together. But I am I do it uh, here and there. And I would also be fine with Devontae Smith if... You're interested in taking the chance on Hertz coming back. If you don't want to play Hertz at all, I would probably skip Devontae.
1: How are you feeling, Sean? We haven't done a a hell waddle team because we haven't drafted really in a position to get hell in recent drafts. How are you feeling about that? Well, I I
2: think I would probably go away from him with Hill is Olave. So we'll go ahead and take Devontae Smith, look and see if we get Hertz to come back around. His ADP over the last couple of days has been there at the 302. A little bit is that Devontae Smith goes to the 212. So Hertz is being pulled up by certainly a number of drafters are going to put them together. David, my question for you would be, how close is Chris Olave for you there? And if we wrap back around and both Hertz and, say, a T Higgins, who is in this range by ADP, if those guys are both there, is it a lock to take Devontae Smith, or do you also consider Higgins? I mean, is it a lot to take Jalen Hurts, or do you also take uh, I guess Higgins? I
3: say that assuming the only way Hurts is there is that Higgins is gone.
2: You know, they're not both there. So I,
3: I, I like both. I mean, I like both of them there. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine having the choice. Just for reference, over the,
1: the past kind of three or four days, Hurts has been kind of one of the last four to five picks off that second round. Devontae Smith who usually now being been pulled up into the the mid second round so it will be a little and, and to so i thought i thought that might have been a little bit tough um sean asked about Olave. i think it is interesting in that point sean with it as well we have done quite a few of the waddle and Tua teams um what would be your thoughts there like you know we obviously pass on waddle i think if it's 1v1 and we don't have hill we go waddle over smith but and in a format like this we've talked about maybe not needing to super stack teams as much, but with a team like the Dolphins and we think it will be pretty concentrated, would you are you, are you completely out on the the option there of going hell waddle and trying to get two later on?
2: Not completely out, but I do think we give ourselves a little bit more of that option for in week 17 for Tyreek Hill to be the guy who puts up the huge numbers. We obviously have a lot of waddle teams. And so, I mean, either way there, if we get teams into the finals, I guess I'm almost thinking about like having multiple teams in the finals, which, you know, John's that's going to be himself in the finals. <laughs> that's going to be a challenge, but I like to have that sort of optionality there. I also really like Devonte Smith as a guy in terms of single week upside, just being absolutely massive. One of the things here by letting Jalen Waddle slide, and certainly it would be less of an issue if we had taken both, but just it's always kind of fun to be in that spot where coming back in the even number round, you are going to have the pick before the other team with a Dolphins receiver has the pick. And so we'll be able to make that move to grab to a, if it makes sense at that point, I like to be in that position and when we find ourselves there, usually it's because we have waddle today it's because we have Hill.
1: yeah, and I think the the one thing I would say on that is I find sometimes like we're looking at the sprint and the finals. And we think that the Dolphins are going to be an explosive team put up lots of points. and it could be a case that you know week fifteen you need waddle and two and weeks you know seven sixteen you need Hill and two. That's one of the other ways that I would potentially look at it there. Sean mentioned T. Higgins, I would love if Higgins would make it back to us here. He is going in that mid-second round as wide receiver 13, just after Devontae Smith in recent days. So I, I'm not confident. And Sean, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I've been really good over these last few drafts at guessing when we are getting players and when we are not. It's been pretty uh, telepathic, I think, at this point. But we are two picks away. There is a possibility other players that will be of interest. Sean, TJ Hawkinson has been the one we go back and forth on. We drafted with Blair His ear infection seems to have cleared up after he gets uh, that big contract. (laughs) It does seem to have cleared up, but he may be available here as well, so we will have some options, which makes it interesting.
3: Calm, I was was going to make a point of of uh, supporting if you wanted to take Hawkinson in this draft, and thinking about you know how I can contribute anything. So I'm uh, if Higgins doesn't make it,
1: I'm
2: interested to see how Sean's going to filibuster his way out of this one. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like I'm outvoted. He, he so. really needs
3: him to just go here, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what he's really I, hoping
3: uh, for now.
1: Yeah, you just you have go. to. There he does. he does go. There he oh, does. Oh my goodness! Oh, Pick you know my your own
2: guy and then say, <laughs> "Oh, I misclicked. I misclicked. I apologize so much." Sean's no, we also do-
1: drafting in the team in the four spots just to make sure I don't get Hawkinson.
2: <laughs> so Hawkinson does go. Higgins does make it back. I think that. Is pretty exciting i'll actually have a couple of teams here with both smith and higgins david you mentioned drafting a a decent number of teams obviously in that underdog tournament to try and get in the top 100 again to take the next step maybe top 25 maybe you know you will be the 2023 underdog champion i assume when you're looking at this and you've drafted all those teams where higgins you know goes off the board 210 211 that you feel like 305 is pretty much a slam dunk
3: yeah i mean and um he was on that team higgins was on that uh, best ball mania finals team and he i was ready to see what he could do for me so you know maybe week 17 this year
1: we'll see we'll see what happens we love ourselves a bit of t higgins but a a wide receiver wide receiver start with hell smith and higgins would have been a good conversation if hawkinson had it went but I am never against getting some T Higgins on the team. Another thing we are going to do throughout today's show is answer some listener questions. People are obviously drafting at the moment. There's a lot of questions coming in about who we should be they're looking for, their home leagues to draft and so on. So lots of questions to come up throughout today's draft as well. But Sean, you mentioned the contest you had, and I do want to mention just a, a shout out to everyone who left a written in review. The reviews were so positive towards both road of his overtime and stealing bananas. And I, you know, thank you to everyone who took the time to leave. That means a lot to myself, Sean, and Ben. We're very appreciative of all that. So I'm looking forward now to seeing Sean's teams as he drafts with the two main winners. But we're lucky today to be drafting along with Dave as well. So we'll hopefully have some success with these teams to talk about throughout this season. TJ Hawkinson did go, then we see Darren Waller go a couple of picks later with Keenan Allen and Calvin Ridley ramondri stevenson goes off the board how much are we going to push this into a zero rb roster the fourth fifth sixth round have some nice options here potentially at running back but the thing that's interesting sean was mentioned kind of the advantage of being in the middle of the draft kind of now will be in a little bit of competition for two with the the drafter who's one spot before us and four but we'll have that advantage coming back around now obviously that's going to be a long time away. But one of the things I've been in the middle of the round is sometimes you do get those fallers, like in this particular draft at T. Higgins. We almost got Hawkinson falling to us. That is one of the advantages. Who would you like to see potentially slide their way through to us here in the fourth round, uh, Dave? Any any preferences of players that you're looking at here? I mean, Brees is probably the favorite his ADP Sean's interest, and it's not yeah. dropping as much in this contest as it as it has
2: in you know the the season long format. Yeah, it's been a little bit crazy. Uh, ben and I drafted him at about four oh four in our main event yesterday. <laughs> I was chatting a little bit with JJ. I had a chance to go on the late round perspective show. That was a lot of fun. I shared the draft board that Ben and I had. As JJ had shared a couple with me. And as I was looking at the two, it's like there's a lot of overlap on these players. But in JJ's draft, he actually got a couple of his running backs a full round later. You know, took Brees Hall in the middle of the fifth, which I mean, is Brees not like the fastest running back in the NFL right now? It's like how is Brees Hall going in the fifth round? I didn't know is, just, is, this format, expanded,
1: no? is it, what's going on here? It's like
2: I mean, he's at 409, and that would be the perfect guy coming back. So I'm really excited. Dave, to hear that you are also on board with that the another question would be i was gonna say this is the joe burrow spot as well but i feel like he did just go oh he goes he at 309 so we don't have to deal with the fact that you're gonna have some wild card picks in these drafts as well we have Burrow go at the 310 i should say to a drafter who started nick chubb cooper cup and so neither the chase nor the higgins drafter is going to get him here. That makes me even even more excited for Hall. Another name of a player who could fall, Travis Etienne. Dave, what's your thought there between those two guys? I mean, in, in a perfect world, we could probably get them both, but ETN right now, an ADP in the last two or three days of 402. So it will be quite a fall if he gets to us at 408.
3: Yeah, I mean, I like Brees a lot, but a lot more. Um, and that doesn't mean I take him earlier. But I just think I just see the situation in Jacksonville as much more potentially capped for ETN than for Brees, um, and uh, and I'm way I have way more tank Bigsby than I think you do because I just think that there's um, it's a funner funner way to play it for me, and now he's gone, so that debate is not going to
1: happen that's, the, that, that's that you know sean was praying that hawkinson wouldn't make it make him to so you were kind of doing the same there with the uh, etn yeah that.
3: well we've got 45 seconds to see if okay
1: so we are going to have a so... decision to make here so uh, and, and it feels like it's gonna be a pretty straightforward decision <laughs> uh sean anyone else here for you at this pick i'd say if your boy Brees hall even your
2: worrying exposures to Brees hall uh nothing stopping this pick no, because the flip side <laughs> of that is that if you are right, you are going to look at this in six weeks and feel like you are in competition everywhere for all the tournaments. And so, no, I, I'm i good with Breeze here. David, you're also 100% in Breeze Hall this week. Oh, way. yeah. Oh, yeah. So we click him there. Now I think the question is how do we play round five and what do we want to do at tight end? The tight ends, again, in the last couple of days, George Kittle, 4'11", Dallas Goddard, 5'03", Kyle Pitts, 5'07". <clears throat> Connor O'Driscoll, who won two years ago and then placed two more teams in the finals last year. So that's kind of what we're looking to do this year. place a couple teams into the finals. Has written a great series on how to attack and win this format. Obviously, elite tight end is a big part of that. David, as we look here, do you think that this is an automatic tight end pick to get that elite tight end to go with a very nice three wide receiver and one running back start do you have a different player who we should also consider if we're looking at the tight ends do you have a preference between those three high profile players
3: well as far as going outside of the tight end position i like the quarterback that you have in the queue and um, to me then that would push it to not having to think about quarterback till, you know, even potentially just taking one other quarterback waiting till later. And then there's more of some of those middle range tight ends that are worth thinking about. Um, but I also really do like to take Kittle and Goddard. Um, I don't think I could take Pitts this early, but if you took, yeah, I think it feels really early for Pitts for me.
1: Sean's trying to make it up for me because we didn't get Pitts in the last draft, I think was what we were leaning towards. I think that we will have an option potentially for two of those guys I'm hoping for. We do have the team in two who drafted Kelsey with the team in four who drafted Hawkinson. Now, they may double down on the tight ends, but I see at least uh, two of these three guys hopefully making it into that conversation. The quarterback, this is the advantage when you are not streaming sean we did talk about potentially streaming this particular draft but we had dave and curtis streaming an ffpc main event over on the road of his youtube channel if you haven't subscribed over there already please head on over and do so but that gives the advantage of being able to name these players and not worry about getting sniped uh it's always interesting when you still get sniped even when nobody's listening but that's just although uh, i if-
3: wanted to say you know your team name of ot there's gotta be at least five people in this draft room who knows who you are there's
1: also the reason for that is when i signed up for this draft i put an ot and then sean we forgot to change the team name i think that's what happened there
2: (laughs) i know well if if we had had a little more time we would have gotten dave's input and yeah a good creative team name that would have helped us We'll, we'll still change it to something fun so we can track this one easily throughout the season that was going to be a very good point, Sean. We should not have OT as our our team name. Yeah. So, well, uh, you know, I was going we, well, we'll on we,
1: we, we could just put the link to the rankings as our team name. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so George Kittle does go. He is not a hundred percent, and so that has been the thing that has concerned me a little bit there. Dave, where are you on Dallas Goddard? both overall and on a team where we have Devontae Smith and we obviously are not going to have the quarterback one of the elements for me here is that does seem like if these guys hit in the way that we need you know down the stretch to win the tournament if you have the the right guy you can certainly still win and yet the teams that also have a Jalen Hurts Are perhaps going to have a leg up now it is a little bit difficult to get all three of those guys but certainly if you do it at the two three turn and then early in five here which is one of the reasons i think that goddard has an adp that is somewhat optimistic there at the 503 so some teams are obviously doing that does that give you any pause when we think about the pick here at
3: 505 no and i mean i'm an eagles fan so (laughs) it's not hard to sell me on and Devonte Smith and A.J. Brown and Goddard were also all on that Finals team, so I have no problem with stacking heavily. Uh, I think also, uh, well, he eh, there go. he goes. I would just finish to finish the thought. You know, drafting more in the half PPR site and then coming over here to 1.5, I think, does give him a boost, like relative to Kittle. So I think the gap that's between Kittle and Goddard on Underdog is more or less justified. Uh, I hear. You know, they, I think they do belong pretty much in the same spot. So
1: we are up on the clock, Sean. I'm just going to mention here obviously, Jonathan Taylor is going to miss those opening weeks of the season. Is there a point here where he becomes interesting for you? No. Okay, fair enough. I'd like to just, I just like to ask the questions. So we are kind of, it seems like we're not going for Kyle Pitts. The quarterback was Justin Fields, but the, there is some wide receiver options here that could be of interest as well. And the likes of Drake London and Deontay Johnson. Where are we leaning here? Let Dave go first. Let Sean go second.
2: Well, I just want to say that the other player for me would be Kenneth Walker. And so, David, okay. between these two guys, Walker and Fields, are you pretty locked into it's Fields. Field,
3: it's, it's Fields easily. You know, there's a sharp and a later. There's no. Uh, there's no
2: replacing the Fields. I don't think so. Fields is the QB that I have in a variety of places as your real target. In the first five rounds if you're going to select an elite qb now column and i have mostly not been going after the elite guy because there, are i would say there are ways to replace the qb production whereas you know the flip side of the thing with kenneth walker is that i mean charbonnet is like a far 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 inferior talent now from a scoring perspective that might not matter because of high value right. touches and so from that perspective That's one of the reasons why charbonnet makes the zero rb candidates countdown despite again some questions about his overall talent level but especially since we've been not necessarily getting a lot of teams with the elite qb i really love the start today where we have fields certainly if we end up coming back and taking tua then this could very easily be a two qb build and that gives us some additional flexibility late In this particular format, we're going to have some receivers who come around in six, seven, eight. We do have the three guys to start. It's going to be more or less the tight end position that ends up being an interesting kind of cobbled together spot for us. Now, one of the things that the Roster Construction Explorer is very clear about for tight ends in this format is something that will work. And so as long as we have those late targets and we do, that'll be a great A way to complement the start for this team. So, I mean, this is perfect. We get those three wide receivers. We get Brees Hall. We get Justin Fields. This is the all-star team that we set out to draft.
1: Yeah, it's a really nice start. And we, you mentioned Sean about the elite quarterbacks, and we haven't done it a lot, but it is something in previous years that we focused on quite a bit. And with Fields, for me, he is the last person in that tier. But we talked about this in some of the super flex drafts, you know before he goes here we have herbert in the middle of the fourth and we have jackson um at the start of the fourth and for me i would take fields over both of those guys and it's closer with jackson but then lawrence goes two picks later than than Fields does and i the other thing i like about fields is you're able to open up to potential options towards the latter parts of the draft so you mentioned tight end as well it may open you up to a cold commit pick for example so there is some interesting options to go with fields at lesser cost than the quarterbacks that do go before him. So I think that makes sense. Well, I'm just decision.
3: watching to see as Walker goes up, oh, there goes Pitts. Love Stars was just yeah. dying for I, Pitts. Uh, I, I was like, was... is there a chance? <laughs> does
1: uh, it, ever, uh, does uh, it
3: ever go that far?
1: I don't think so. I uh, I often say to Sean, if you know we were drafting solo, who would you have picked? Um, that one there for me, would I would have gone Pitts at that point. Um, I just think that the value and tight end premium for him at that particular spot is is immense but i also like the field spec quite a bit so it's one of those where i'm uh, happy with the the balance sean the question i wanted to ask you too as we whipped tech along two hours i mentioned jonathan taylor you said no cooper cup in this draft went at the 203 people are drafting wow. over the weekend and you know adp i didn't obviously even realize started,
3: he went that late
1: yeah, so what, Sean? For you, would be the point that you're drafting Cooper Cup? Obviously, is in the 104, 105 range conversation. We passed on him for Garrett Wilson. That that was a, for me quite a difficult choice before the new injury news came out. But uh, you know, we love we love Wilson. We'd Blair on. We had to get it done. Where is the point where you think you would still be taking Cup with the current news? And you
2: know, there's a there's a fear that you know even if he gets back on the field, that this could reoccur again. Yeah, I think that that's about the right spot. I would probably still take him ahead of Devontae Adams, but Devontae Adams, the number one player in the range of outcomes tool. That's a, a situation agnostic tool. And yet it does underline just how unbelievable Devontae Adams have been. Both cup and Adams have a recent season where they averaged 25.7 points per game. You just, you don't get that from wide receivers. And so for so many other receivers to go ahead of them for guys like Stefan Diggs to go ahead to go significantly ahead i think doesn't make a lot of sense but i i do like that spot for cup because you now have some some very real concerns and we're talking about the one two turn there are other elite players here so that's where i would take him and that's frustrating because i did have him as being basically i mean i had him ahead of tyree kill who we took at the 105 and so it's it's just too bad that this injury has been lingering
1: yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate. It feels to me like you mentioned Adams. I'm kind of right that Waddle Smith, um, you know, kind of tear there. So anywhere in the, I won't in this case anywhere in the early second. So I think it's a fair spot. Heartbreak for me, Sean, that was the player I was going to pitch was Javante Williams. He goes off the board <clears two picks throat> before us. We're into a similar situation potentially here. Jerry Judy may be a target. He's obviously with the injury. Um, the, the next round, I think, is going to give us a few options with the likes of you know, Dotson, Smith, and Jigba, potentially even Swift. But are we willing to go with Judy here, or do we go with one of the other guys above Above that?
2: Who do you like here, David? These guys are going, in the last couple of days, just right at this spot. Judy probably more likely to fall. Uh, but even if you fell, we might prefer JSN. Uh, how are you liking to play yeah. this?
3: Judy's my last favorite player in the queue. Okay. Yeah, the least favorite. Yeah.
2: Is your first favorite?
3: Anyone but Judy. Um, I mean, I would like, I like the idea of getting, you know, two Eagles. um, And this is kind of the last chance to really potentially hit big there. I think we can get
1: Swift, though, potentially at the next pack. I don't want to cross that next
2: pack, but. Do you have a preference between Dotson and JSN? Well, it looks
3: like Dotson goes earlier, so we could maybe get him and then JSN.
2: Yes, yeah, so that'll give us two potential picks on the way back. So in terms of getting a sense of, of what you were looking at there, we take Dotson. I don't believe he would have come back. I do think that both JSN and DeAndre Swift, who is the eagle that you're talking about, and someone who would give us a second, a really high upside running back, those are the two players that we're sort of looking at. I think that they will both come back to us. If they do, David, do you have a a strong choice between the two? He wants all legal, Sean. He's told you this multiple times.
3: They're like my, you know, they're like the two guys I like to draft the most. I think only Gainwell do I draft more than Swift and JSN's at the top. So, but because we've loaded up on the receivers to start, and we're just with the one running back, and I tend to be comfortable not having a ton of running backs. If we have Swift, I'm even more comfortable, you know, with the number of running backs maybe being lower, especially because we're gonna need to prioritize tight end um, volume. So just, I would probably at, lean Swift.
1: And just to look ahead as well, I mentioned, you know, the likes of Kometa or Sam Laporta, for example, you know, they're gonna be in round 10, 11 range in terms of t- potential tight end options. So, you know, between now seven, eight, and nine is the kind of range where We probably realistically want to have one more running back and two more wide receivers potentially before that but which order we do them and and we'll see if both of them are there to make that conversation sean obviously swift got number one on that zero rb countdown list last week at this point in time but i think it could be interesting between jsn and swift just for the the upside at wide receiver that this could give you so in this format you know the there is the two flex positions but that means that there could be four starting wide receivers potentially to the two running backs but the running back that we'll be looking at in this range would certainly be deandre swift if we if we do go in that direction um how are you feeling sean so far through this draft i think uh we're on we're having a pretty clear run here i know there's a couple of players we said we missed out on but i of those couple of guys it's been smooth sailing so far
2: yeah i absolutely love this team we have david here's a a good luck charm for us we're just through six rounds but i'm already willing to say you know into the finals we got to figure out how we win the finals now no but this has been this has been a lot of fun and i do think that getting one of the two players we're discussing here would be perfect when we think about how we might put this team together a little bit later for that final week. We have a Rashad Bateman who would fit opposite Hill. We have some kind of stealth chiefs receivers that would fit opposite T Higgins. The Steelers guys are obviously gone opposite Jahan Dotson. We don't have to have every single player work in there, but the sort of later round options to pair with our early round guys, I really enjoy that part of it also yeah so a lot it's going to depend on the tight ends but i'm i'm pretty excited to see who we have here i agree with the point about deandre swift giving us flexibility i would also point out here that one of the interesting things that you will find if you really dive deep into the roster construction explorers and it's in some ways a little bit counterintuitive because underdog is the half ppr format ffpc the full ppr format but a little bit more of a running back heavy squad does have better results here and again the reason that we think that is the case you have two running back two wide receiver two flex you can get four running backs into the lineup you can go as few as two wide receivers that's a big difference from underdog where you can only get three at most at running back into the lineup and you have to at least three receivers we got a little bit of a a gut punch sound there from my co-hosts because as i was talking jsn does go off the board he, he did and i was actually going to make the pitch if we did take swift that i thought that jsn had a
1: slim chance of making it back to us in the eighth round his adp is in the 804 at the moment so let's hope we get one more pick here that, that swift will make it to us i think I, i'm comfortable with the swift pick sean if he makes it is there another player here that can can kind of challenge him in this range some of the other players in the queue brian robinson mike evans quentin johnson Traylon Borks, Bateman. Feel like they may be the players
2: in conversation in the next round. Um, yeah, really, everybody else that I put in there was for the next round. So yeah. it's very the much a case where we want this to be. It's very much the case that we want this to be swift.
1: Countdown is on 28 seconds left to go. After this, we will jump into another listener submitted question and oh, we okay. get there we go. Uh, Miles Sanders. I seen the green flash up for the running back position and I thought, oh no. Sean uses no time on the clock to get that pick in. I think that's the quickest, Sean, we may have ever made a pick while recording a draft. But we get Swift. We get our second eagle in there. So smiles all around here from from all three of us one of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending live events the atmosphere the sound all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person it is just an amazing time one of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats and that is where game time comes in buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hype for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code ROTOVIS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code ROTOVIS for $20 off. Download Game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price
0: guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: to get that second running back and for it to be on be deandre swift along with Brees hall with what we've done so far i'm i am very very happy with that jumping in sean to a listener question and w- there was a part of this question was about cooper cup and he had projected him to fall to the 203 in his draft this comes in from matt he was asking though it's a super flex draft that he's also questioning he says how does the super flex format and scoring impact your draft plan sean and the site's overall strategy for attacking redrafting home leagues this year obviously sean did an article last year talking about home league drafts he said his plan for the last month or so is to hope to land chase and cup but obviously now cup has picked up that injury to start and follow that up with quarterback and running back in the two three depending on whether the 14 spot in this particular 14 team league takes a quarterback at the one two turn who he was projecting to be watson he's tempted to take the best running back available in the third and then the best quarterback available in the fourth and he said that the quarterback would likely be Carr, Pickett or party the alternative to that would be to start running back wide receiver at the one two turn and then grab quarterback wide receiver at the three four the wide receiver would be t higgins Olave, metcalf or Devontae smith he says thank you for all the great work you do his draft is this tuesday would appreciate any feedback that we may have for him his plan is to use the redraft tiers on the site as his main reference there's a lot of parts in that question sean i guess the main part that i would feed it into you is when you go into a draft one of the things that we tend to very rarely actually have is exact player targets at exact picks how i'll I'll let you answer the question obviously but how do you feel about um the targets i guess and how, how this may play out for him
2: yeah, so you have got kind of a mix of different incentives and trade-offs that are going to come into play here. The number one thing that we see is that in the home leagues, our wide receiver targets in the middle tiers tend to really fall. And so in high stakes, you've got to prioritize those guys, and you've got to put a bunch of them onto your roster. If you wait on them, you're going to get hit by the wide receiver avalanche. In home leagues, that's less the case, and so you can prioritize QB and running back more in those. When we're thinking about superflex, the other big consideration is how much is the QB scoring neutralized in your specific league? Because if the QB scoring is knocked down in order to make it a true superflex as opposed to a two QB kind of default type of situation, then I really like getting those star running backs, the star wide receivers, because you can go after the lower QBs. You can go after guys like a Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, uh, obviously a Sam Howell, And even if you miss, you're going to have the elite running back, the elite wide receiver that you can put into that super flex. And in many leagues, the scoring is actually similar enough that that's a fine play. And what that also does is give you the flexibility to actually have better running backs and better wide receivers if your kind of sleeper QB does hit. So it creates a super team for you. So the combination of the super team and the flexibility, you know, really makes you want to go with something of an anchor QB and then wait on it. But again, the flip side of that is that in home leagues, and especially if the QB scoring is high, so it's almost a two QB format, then you want to make sure... This
1: this particular league is a six-point pass and touchdown league. Does that affect it much between six and four for you for points? It does.
2: It does. And so in that type of format, we want to make sure that we're prioritizing these elite passers. And sometimes, especially in 2023, with the ADP that's out there, people will forget that that six-point Scoring is going to make guys like a Justin Herbert. I think it makes someone like a Trevor Lawrence really interesting And then as you move down through the tiers though, it makes players like a Geno Smith like a Jared Goff I mean those guys are very potentially exciting But also it makes someone like a Kenny Pickett a real target. I mean Pickett could go off and be this year's Trevor Lawrence in terms of making the jump when you have a Pickens and you have a Deontay Johnson, you have a Pat Fryer. Move. So all of those different elements, I think, are the things that you want to consider as you get ready for your Superflex draft. Thanks to Matt for sending in
1: that question. I probably should have mentioned the six points at the start, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's always interesting to get the variety of leagues now that are expanding into even home leagues, whether it's Dynasty or Redraft. I often credit you know Scott Fish with the expansion of Superflex in, in terms of the format and popularizing it, it with the Scott Fish Bowl but um, yeah awesome to see people involved in all the different leagues we'll have more questions as we move throughout the rest of the show the positive news guys there is four picks before our pick three picks now as Cortland sutton goes off the board there hasn't been a single player so far that was NRQ when we mentioned only having one target that we wanted we the deandre swift pick all the other options have made it through to us another player sean that i just want to mention when we are at this particular point it may be a pick For the wraparound, but he is going at the moment in the fourth pick or the fourth last pick off the eighth round, which is right around where we are picking. That is Tua. Does he become a conversation here for us to get that second quarterback and to kind of close out the position, unless something really happens for us later on? Or uh, you know, because we did talk about the drafter in four, we are going to have him picking after us, but then picking again before us. So the the likelihood the Tua would fall past him twice is is very small here
2: it is and so i want to throw that over to david ask for his preference on how we build this out from a quarterback perspective if we had justin fields and tua then i mean that's a lot of excitement at qb we could stay with the two quarterbacks that frees up a roster spot but obviously there are going to be some other players who are exciting here where once we've taken a justin fields it's maybe less pressure to take a Tua. some of the names brian robinson Quentin johnston I mean, Rashad Bateman actually comes a long way back around, even back around in the 10th to try and put with our Dolphins. Do you have a guy here, David, who would push you off of Tua as the QB choice to go with Hill?
3: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would rather take Bateman or Johnston. Um, I see you put more in there maybe because of Brees. And I think I wouldn't want to take him here maybe next round, but I just, with I don't draft Tua a lot, so having already taken Fields, it's hard to go to, especially with you got Dotson. So you know maybe Sam Howell later.
1: I would I would make the picture to step out and go with Tua. I'm, All I'm right, calm his foot down. Um, I I think that Quentin Johnson and Bateman will definitely come back to us. We take Quentin Johnson. I'm gonna. <sighs> that's a first push check it. now that I I'm not.
3: So doing. so. So we have to take and now if he comes all the way There's back. no
1: chance he's going to go at this pick now. He's definitely going to go before he gets back to us. Are you going James Conner? If, the, if he comes back to ah! us, I always... But uh, <laughs> I, I, I also think that's a mistake for the team in four, and maybe they're looking at the teams that have gone with, you know, Hurts, Allen, Mahomes are on these next three picks. So the likelihood of so them also... So you're saying it's
3: definitely it. still going to happen before us?
1: it should it should if that drafter out of the 4 spot is paying attention you know that they, they have waddle and they could they have no quarterback
3: do do you ever feel more invested in other teams making the picks that you say they're going to make than having your guy come back to you
1: i sometimes do it because <laughs> i then i'm set up that i have you know the feeling of you know sadness is already you know i go i skip sadness and i go straight to anger and i just get the anger out of the system um How do you feel in hindsight now that we've taken Quentin Johnson?
2: Well, I went ahead and put that in because, I mean, I'm super fired up to have David on the show today. And that was the pick that he wanted. I do think that Johnston in nine and Bateman in 10 are things that could very possibly happen by ADP. That's what ADP suggests. But there's also the case that even if we executed that, there are going to be other players that we potentially lose. And I do think that we also you know, are going to want to hit on a running back in this range if it ends up making sense. The running backs are going to go a lot earlier here, obviously. than they go in underdog. And so you can get wiped out at that position. When we have the Jahan Dotson pick, it does make for a really exciting potential selection of Sam Howell I, I, I love the way the you mentioned that now I, I was sure that that was coming when we made the pick we
1: didn't get that that opens the door to sam howell i feel like that needs to be said after the it off-season. doesn't
3: need to be said after an entire off season of draft yeah i
1: think now it's just it's just assumed the
3: click says it all
1: yeah so uh, the other thing just to watch and that is terry mclaurin is also in the sixth spot so there could be competition there just when we're looking ahead um for that but ff2 if, it if comes back here are we all good to pick him can we all agree that he should have been picked in the eighth round, even if we get him in the ninth?
2: Well, again, I mean, it's not a matter of should have been, but it'll be interesting to see what that drafter does and if we're able to pass Bateman, see if he comes back to us. The other pick there in terms of someone who could come back is a Kadarius Tony. Now, David, I've been really high on Rasheed Rice. There's the news that, oh, going to be a package player. That doesn't really scare me off because... I mean, Kadarius Tony is a package player. <laughs> People have been you know, wanting to draft him early, even when he's injured. But how are you looking at this Kansas City Chiefs offense? And again, I mean, this would be a play where... So Tony goes, but how are you thinking about this with Tony, with Rice, even maybe with Justin Ross at the very end of drafts, and how that fits with a team that has a T. Higgins?
3: Um, I've I've been in on rice you know um everything seems better for him relative to the investment than the recent selections they've made in past years you know everything in the off season has seemed better for him than it did for sky Moore last year or hardman years ago tony i mean so who knows what will happen but um i i think yeah the value there potentially is huge and i think that it being tamped down by uh, the reports that he's done in a a part-time player is just silly but never. so here we are
2: that's exactly what i wanted to hear exactly what i wanted to hear so anyway to it does go as column had predicted part of what column is trying to do there is you know push out into the universe this idea that you know, he's going to get some reverse psychology over there. We have 20 seconds left. I would make the argument for Brian Robinson, who is below ADP here. Rashad Bateman, a good chance to make it back. But, David, do you, you have a strong preference between those two guys?
3: I'll, I'll let you do your thing, and, and I'll take my Brian Robinson exposure uh, through overtime. I think that's a good idea.
2: There we go. There we go.
1: I, I do think that there's a chance here we'll get, um, get Bateman back on this one. Um, still trying to recover from the Quentin Johnson pick still trying to recover
2: We, uh, David how are you looking at this backfield here with the commanders I have to admit that I am stunned that Brian Robinson with a three down profile is going behind his backup in fantasy drafts is that because i'm looking at it completely incorrectly where are you on this offense maybe in general we've been joking about sam howell obviously you're okay with that from a big picture perspective do you think the commanders are going to go off this year do you think they're going to be decent how do you think this offense manifests in 2023
3: i mean i think it's going to be the best offense that they've had since they've been called the commanders uh and and probably you know i think the fans should have something to be excited about as much as they did about, since, or, RG3 it, is, since rg3, RG3 yeah yeah so um i don't know i mean you guys did such a good job of covering hal as a prospect that you know even with the amount of um coverage that there's been of kind of him trying to win this battle this offseason it's like People still don't really realize what he did in college and he played well at the end of this season last year. He's looked good in the preseason, you know, like, as you've said, Sean, it's, it's, he hasn't shown the stuff you don't want to see if you're making that bet. So I I'm though, I guess I'm interested, um, in how confident you are in the Brian Robinson over Gibson. And that's, I think for a long time last in the beginning of this offseason, people were talking about Brian Robinson as if he didn't have a three down profile and they must've missed some of the games where he actually was doing stuff in the past game. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Gib- Gibson caught a, he, had, he caught a touchdown, right? This uh, in the preseason. Is that right? They've both been
2: involved. And you think yeah. about that main game, Uh, where Howell played for a full half, and they combined for seven catches in a half. And that part, I think, is exciting for both of them. But of those seven catches, four of them go to Brian Robinson, who caught 35 passes as, well, I think his fifth year there at Alabama. I mentioned him as the potential 2023 Josh Jacobs in – my article on how to win the fantasy pros $1 million. So again, you're, you're trying to figure out, you know, where could drafters be completely wrong so you can win the full $1 million. And for me, one of the things that I noticed, I like Antonio Gibson. I actually think that he's a better pure running back than people realize. He was just, he was so good at the sort of pure running back element when he was a rookie. And yet he has not been as dynamic in that role since then. And, the commander's coaching staff, again, sort of prior to bien had really soured on him. To where before he was very sadly shot last year, I mean, it looked like Brian Robinson was going to get a massive workload. Well, and- at that
1: point of the season last year, Antonio Gibson was almost just going to be playing special teams. It had gotten to that point where Robinson was going to be the starter. He was named the starter. The incident happened shortly after. It looked like his season will be over. He comes back in and even – you know, coming back from that injury still was as productive as Antonio Gibson.
2: Yeah, I mean, he looked okay, which is probably a pretty big compliment considering what he was dealing with. And so the note that I have in the zero RB update that's coming out is that we have made a lot of money over the last decade by playing the Antonio Gibson profile. But in those situations, what Brian Robinson is, would have been priced in the third or fourth rounds. And what Antonio Gibson is would be priced in the 11th or 12th rounds. To be in a draft environment where the backup is actually the more expensive of the two is wild. And so when I think of it like that, I'm thinking I right know I'm probably overconfident even just what the roles are because that's yeah. not how You've it's being priced. You've said backup out.
3: a couple of times. It's, it's still... You know, there's so few running backs that we draft at this section of the draft that I would think of as a, a pure backup, you know. So I, I, I see it as uh, similar to Denver, I guess, you know. Um, and where it won't surprise me if, if in a season with Javante Williams healthy, somehow Pirine still outscores Javante Williams. Or it could go completely the other way, and Javante Williams has a much bigger – you know, there's a, a huge fantasy point differential there. And I guess Washington's the same way. I, I I won't really be that surprised, I guess, if if Robinson gets the lion's share of the work, including equal or more in the receiving game. But I also won't be surprised if, you know, they basically score similarly and um, or if Gibson outscores them by a bit. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess –
2: I mean, I agree with that, and but I think that in that situation, they should be priced similarly to Javante Williams and Pirine, or to as you kind of had alluded to earlier with a couple of guys that maybe you're out on, where or not out on, but just want to get them at good prices with Kenneth Walker and Travis Etienne. But there's still that, you know, gap between them and Bigsby and Charbonnet. My main point here would be that i do think that robinson is more talented than people realize has a better role than people realize and should be priced up not to the level of those other three guys who i think are just huge talents but should be priced up and gibson should be priced down a little bit and then if gibson ends up scoring similarly then you win with gibson but where gibson's being priced right now i mean robinson has to get hurt for him to win and that's really not a position i think drafters want to be in Maybe it's a, a situation where, where, you know, Gibson has to be hurt for Robinson to win and then like neither part of the play, you know, really works. So that's also a possibility. I guess I just, when you follow what's happening with Washington, I I'm, I'm surprised at the price. I mean, cause one of the things that Robinson himself has said, and you want to take you know a little bit of, you know, skepticism about what the players themselves are saying, but I mean, he said, look, I, I got back. I'm, Glad of what I did, but I wasn't anywhere close to what I can be when I came back from the yeah. gunshot wound last year.
3: And I, but I, I also wonder if Gibson, you know, deserves a chance to have a better offense all around to see what he can do. Because when we were, when everyone was really in on him, I mean, who were the playmakers in that offense? I, I, I can't even remember. McLaurin. Terry McLaurin and, and who, who Logan Thomas. Well, yeah, nobody else. So, I think Brian.
1: No
2: dammy Bryan, we didn't get to see him too much um the uh, i think that's a good point because antonio gibson is extremely athletic and we love that at running back and he was very good as a rookie we love someone who comes in immediately and performs well certainly you know the door is not slammed shut on gibson as being a potential league winner either
1: so we are one pick away um since our last selection juju went off the board kincaid watson gibson who you were talking about uh tyler higby aj Dillon, jalen warren sam laporta who i was hoping to get in this round uh mckinnon joan johnson Kirk cousins chabernet p ryan and Mostert. so a couple of running backs we may have been interested in sam laporta has certainly been interested in bateman does make it back around at this point i would mention cole comet as a potential option as well tight ends are moving a little bit quicker in this draft than they would normally he usually has an adp at the back end of the 11th round but you know we may get him in the middle the 11th something to, to consider here sean which way are you leaning here we know that i think Bateman may be the the way that that dave wants to go here
2: yeah bateman made it back i'm ready to pull the trigger unless david you've seen something else come up in the interim that you yeah prefer. i
3: i don't i don't really expect a tight end to go before we pick again so yeah i think we're safe in that okay
1: so we take bateman there we'll see what happens over the next couple of picks sean i'm going to bounce on one more listener question here before the next selection we get a couple of keeper questions coming in we have one from Wee cooking he needs to cut well not that he needs to cut seven players but needs to to move seven players in this dynasty league it started off with a a tweet to ask me "Would i you can answer this sean would you trade brant Nyuk and nico collins for a 2024 first that would be mid uh, at worst he said he was running into countdown or cut down issues. I said no. Would you trade Nayuk and Nico Collins for a 2024 force that would be
3: mid-round at worst? Mid-round at worst equals, I don't know what it's going to be. That's
2: the well, it could be
1: the 12th pick. Uh- <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, David, you're going to do some dynasty content for us, or at least that's, there's that possibility. You're in a bunch of leagues... Again, there, there are so many other considerations that go in here, but would you... Uh, for me, Nico Collins is n- not even... Not part of it. Really. I, well, I as part of it if Nico you're Collins.
3: planning to win. I mean, it's also... I think you can trade Nico Collins separate. I mean, if you're trading Brandon Ayuk for a first, I, I don't think you need to be adding. And you better... I think you need to be confident that it's not just a late first. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Well, one of the not points that David makes here that I think is really important and people can miss is that it's just, it's so easy to think a certain thing is going to happen for the next season. And then we don't find that to be the case. I know that, I mean, 2022 was a weird year, and the veterans both were the highest scoring players and kind of stayed healthy where the young guys did not. But a lot of the teams that I had projected for bottom four were league winners last season because guys who were kind of on their last legs, you know, made a difference in 2022 as opposed to collapsing so that's something to keep in mind there are a lot of dynasty leagues where there will be a team or a handful of teams that just have so much more depth that even a a variety of injuries are not going to really change things or teams that are just so weak that even if they had multiple guys break out it'd be kind of what this listener is asking about where it's sort of like middle of the round at best i like brandon Ayuk. it's going to be hard for him to score at a level that is a true championship kind of guy and to do that over the long term because there are so many other talented players in that offense and so if you need to move some value into 2024 if you have the type of roster that can withstand a brandon Ayuk trade then i might be a little bit tempted there but certainly if you pull up the tiers you're going to see that brandon Ayuk is worth more than that i don't have a much of a value on nico collins I don't think that Houston is going to do much and I don't think that he's their best receiver. But I think that Dave's point there too, you can trade him separately and the perception of Collins, and I could easily be wrong, but the perception of Collins is enough to make those moves separately. So I think you're giving up more value than you're getting back, but I also don't think that Brandon Ayuk should be completely off the table. That's, that's pretty fair.
1: Um, team is pretty loaded at wide receivers. Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, Traylon Borks, Brandon Ayuk, Jordan Addison, uh, george pickens sky Moore, bateman then collins goes into the ranks uh, when we look here as we get ready to get back on our clock for selection sean there is other players like collins there i know you're not going to want to be cutting gainwell in this situation uh, david but gainwell is there ty chandler Jer- uh, jerome ford kendry miller Rashawn johnson sean tucker daniel bellinger tyler craft uh, khalid shakir bell pierre strong justin ross albert o take one third and so he's in kind of that position where the players are worth something but not worth a huge amount and it you know with having to cut seven of those it's going to be a pretty tight squeeze what would you be looking to do in terms of trying to get down to that cut down would you be picking certain players that are ready to cut straight away sean from that list and i know we're one pick away here we can we can bounce to the question
2: back after if we have to yeah let's let's look here at our options marvin is somebody that I think we want to at least consider, but his ADP shows him coming back. Rasheed Rice ADP shows him definitely coming back. Jamal Williams is sadly like vaguely relevant with the Kendra Miller situation. I put him on there just to kind of remind us that he is a good, really boring pick (laughs) there. A-chain probably doesn't come back. And now with Jeff Wilson on IR, I think he is extremely exciting again and would give us potentially a fourth, you know, tournament winning type of play here. I mean, the safe pick is to go with Cole Komet that matches up with our QB, but also, and Cole Komet, I think much better in best ball.
3: I like A-chain, especially on this team, but I'm open to whatever. I
1: think we're going to get really done a tight end in this draft if we don't take Komet here
2: colin are you we i am um, we outvoted you before but are you uh, <laughs> i like I like like HN, a
1: chain but uh, the roster's not going to we're going to be in trouble here i think it tied in go for a chain though uh, that makes it like i i don't understand the two a pick more that we have added an a chain that would be the one that i'll go back to
2: well, Quentin Johnston will be an interesting guy to track. They continue to report that I mean he's not even going to be that involved in week one. That is a little problematic for us because, you know, Rashad Bateman, a little bit of a wild card. We do need some of those guys to be in the lineup. We gotta have two running backs, two wide receivers, two flexes. We wanna start scoring. We can't afford to get too far behind in that starting lineup early on, and yet Quentin Johnston I mean, I had him in my second round when Ben and I did the 2024 redraft look ahead. Quentin Johnson's upside, again, is tournament winning. And one of the things that Colin we ran into that was a huge surprise to us, I think, was that in the 2021 contest, it was actually the wide receiver position that we were struggling so dramatically to get points from there at the end. I think there's a chance that Cole Komet comes back through because he's just not a sexy pick and because we have the quarterback that he goes with. I also don't think that we necessarily are going to look at that and say that Cole Komet was the difference in winning or losing because there are guys here who project to accomplish a lot of the same types of things. And so this will be the perfect team to get a lot of our late guys. I mean, I think that Hunter Henry is the best. Tight end still available, and he tends to go really late. His ADP currently is in 14, so really late is an exaggeration. But we have a shot at him. We're going to have Michael Mayer, who is a really strong pick. We're going to have Trey McBride. Column, you and I selected Durham Smythe with Blair Andrews. I think that that is a strong pick late. If we're going to go with volume, I mean, even in this format, even volume, is hard to get. And so we want to be aware of that as we move through. But tight end is, it's the position that has the most fun upside guys late and handling it with volume is a good player. I mean, Mike Gasicki, somebody who doesn't go until round 17 and because of some of the news around Hunter Henry has probably been overly punished. I would say that Gasicki is a multi-round value late there as well
1: not as confident as sean that this is all going to work out but uh let's uh let's go back to the keeper question sean to to uh see what we might do here for uh we cooking who who sent that one over in terms of guys like that are outright cuttable you're you're obviously talking about the eagles so far in this draft alberto over there now but there isn't many guys who are are straight up cuts on this team sean so Would that lean you more into that question that he originally came in with that far to move Ayuk?
2: Yeah, and that's one of the things that we talked about in the Dynasty Reanimator series, especially as it relates to the RV Triflex cut down where I mean, you've got to get down to the 20 players and if you have followed our perpetual reloading strategy where i mean you could have 25 you could have 30 i've got a team with 31 players that has to get down 11 now in that case usually there are three or four where those players are back to the point where there's just no value but you do still have to get down quite a few guys and i think that one of the problems that managers run into is they think okay well i'm going to trade the 25th, 26th, 27th guys on my roster, as opposed to thinking, okay, I'm going to trade the eighth, ninth and 10th guys, because those guys have a lot of value. But because of the overall depth of my roster, I can actually move those guys on. And so if you don't have clear cuts, then I think trading a star works in Dynasty. We think about brandon Ayuk, he's a peak type of player and yet two years from now are you going to be able to trade him for a similar type of thing almost certainly not and so if you can't play the guy for two years and then trade him at either the same or an elevated price and you have a good offer to move him now or you can work with that manager to get a little bit more and accomplish both of your objectives then i recommend doing that the problem that most dynasty managers run into is they start moving guys too late as opposed to moving them too early.
1: Good stuff. So we are now two picks away from our next selection. Cole did go. Um, we have Hunter Renfro, Jordan Love, Romeo Dobbs going since that. So we're picking now and two picks of Conco goes off the board. Marvin Mims, Rasheed Rice would be two options here. If, if we hadn't Swift, it would be kind of a zone where we'd be looking at potentially getting Penny. Anyone else standing out? Ty- Tyler Algier also a um, potential option in this range. Anything for you, Dave?
3: Well, I think you should make a call on a tight end. I don't want any- The you... tight ends
1: here are no good. Uh, you... We're okay. waiting for them So now we,
2: we've miscommitted, so we got to wait longer. I was going to say, I think that we could select. So Dulcich goes in this range, and I think actually is still probably a similar type of pick to Cole Komet. Obviously the preseason hasn't been great for him. If we take him here, we have a guy and then we can pass Mims and Rice through. Colm, are you completely out on Dulcich? No, not completely out, but um David, are you out on Dulcich? Close to out,
3: but so I was on I think in this team,
1: uh I was about to say the upside could have been there. I would I'm probably looking at um Algier and Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears
2: over so i'll move them into the queue make sure we're thinking about them spears this is really far for
1: penny to fall right it is it's kind of surprising i think it's i think He's we're the used to the guys that draft penny.
2: <laughs> right we take penny a lot in, in the different drafts penny is 1104 we're now at the 1210 roshan johnson goes there just don't think penny is necessarily a good fit for this team. One of the reasons that I was thinking about moving Mims through or passing on him is that we're getting to the point where we're at the limit for receivers and rice is still an interesting pick, but I think that we could make the rice pick in this next round and see what happens. The problem that we have though, is that because he played so well in the preseason, if we don't take Sam Howell with this next pick, then he probably doesn't come back to us, and so we're boxed in a little bit from that perspective.
1: I have a fun one for you. We could take Dulcich, and uh, then we'd have Mims and Dulcich, and we could take Russell Wilson.
2: Yeah, I mean Quentin Johnston with Mims and Dulcich opposite him would be a really good setup. And the flip side of <laughs> the Sam Howell rise is that, I mean, Russell Wilson's ADP is the 12-11, and yet he's a guy that goes anywhere, anywhere. I mean, he can go three rounds early. He can go three rounds late. People are all over the place on Russell Wilson. And so that one, I think, is kind of interesting. I mean, Russell Wilson only appeals to me well below ADP, but we'd be kind of setting that possibility up with what we're And I'm going to call it again. I think the drafter
1: in four will take Russell Wilson on the way back here. Jerry Judy team. I don't really I don't want know. Russell. I think Wilson. he
2: passes him through.
1: <laughs> I don't want Wilson. Don't make us make that call. Uh, I'm with Sean. Um, uh, Dulce right. didn't go
2: off, so that that's not to be worried about. Um, I also think that just with Johnston and Mims together, we can go with Russell Wilson. Not necessarily here, though. I, again, I think you can really. Yeah, no, I him think through. we'd have to fall through in the fort, maybe the fourteenth. Um,
1: but what are we thinking here in terms of how? So most drafts we would be in this spot, we would be starting to look at really into the zero RB guys. I mentioned Sharp, Algier, for example. But in this draft, we have, you know, Hall, Swift, Robinson, a
3: And yet there are four quarterbacks ahead of him in ADP still available. But they'll all, they'll all go in the next wave.
2: Well, one of the things there is, yeah, they do just tend to all go right in a pack at this point. Can I get Noir please? Russell Wilson. Goes oh, to the Russell Wilson. He does go there. That's all right. That's what we wanted anyway. We wanted to have Johnston, Mims, but not be stuck with the QBs. Well, I mean, if you were stuck with Justin Herbert, you would take that, but that would be <laughs> way too expensive. So we are back up. I think the two choices here are Sam Howell, Tajay Spears, Rasheed Rice, a potential guy to come back around. Obviously, we haven't addressed tight end, but we're looking at a really fun, like, just late, 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 late tight end. Uh, approach i'm being honest i think we're into a five tight
1: end build after yeah we'll no I, I
3: agree i agree
1: so we take howell here sean or do you want to go with one of the running backs probably makes sense to go with
2: howell here i'd always dave, makes do sense you to go with howell. <laughs> do you prefer spears to howell in this team
3: I, it just it feels simpler to just get howell now
2: could so you we'll imagine
3: if dave comes on this show
1: And now everyone who listens to the podcast is listening to him and he talks as out of drafting Sam Howell. Could you imagine what that would do?
2: Well, it's also something where you just you you can't go down with your brand being tied to passing on Sam Howell when you have Jahan Dotson and being like two points away from winning the two hundred thousand dollars. You just gonna uh, to I, think I of, like what like, the
1: incentives are. I I feel like Sam Howell is pretty much at the start of the road of his overtime podcast, Tyler Boyd was I felt like the poster boy for the podcast, Sean. I feel like Sam Howell is now can part of what I Can
3: we get can we get a An update to the intro once we have a call for a Sam Howell. I
1: think we should because I was actually going to do I've meant to do this for a couple of weeks is ask on the show who should be in the intro because we do tend to update it every season. So that's a perfect time for to ask people to pitch in with intro ideas of who should be in it. I think Sam Howell has to make it in there. But what we are going to do is we're going to put a pin in it there for this part of the draft. We're going to come back with the final selections because as you know at this point we have zero tight ends we have passed on them all at this point so we will see who we can pitch together so far the team is Tyreek Hill, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, Brees Hall, Justin Fields, Jahan Dodson, DeAndre Swift, Quentin Johnson, Brian Robinson, Rashad Bateman, Devon A. Marvin Mims, Sam Howell and as much as I've been you know vetoed on certain picks here I love how this team has progressed and so we'll see what we do through the remainder of the draft my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over tomorrow and joined as always by sean siegel also joined by david felipe and he's going to help us finish out these final six selections to turn this team into a juggernaut and win the entire contest so until we are back have a good one